Greg, Maya, and Betty are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They're just a bunch of nerds who enjoy talking about movies, shows, and current events. So sit back, grab a coffee, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of All Queued Up. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of uh, All Queued Up, the review podcast from your uh, tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Deason. With me always is Maya, Don Fisher, and Betty Badger. How you two been this last week? Actually, two weeks. I should clarify that. Uh, outside of the usual, usual, not much. Just tired. What about you, Maya? Uh... You know, I've been okay. We didn't get to go on our trip that we had talked about. Uh, unfortunately, we had some setbacks and didn't get to take it. So that was frustrating. But, you know, um, other than that, just staying busy. Uh, and things have been good for me. Um, how about you, Greg? How have you been? Well, <laughs> Been been trying. Um, so you may have noticed last week we didn't have a podcast. Um, that was because uh, my birthday was on Wednesday, but Tuesday night, uh, my family had one of the worst tragedies we've ever experienced. Um, yes, it was a death in the family, but it was more than that. And I'm not going to go into details, um, but just know that it was enough for us to just not fucking have a podcast last week. Um, but things are looking a bit better uh so we're back um but it's been it's it's been stressful uh both maya and and betty know exactly what happened and both of them can confirm it would be stressful as fuck for anybody uh absolutely so um but uh yeah other than that i've just been making sure my mom's okay uh hanging out with her talking to her letting her talk to me uh and uh yeah that's that's all i can say to that but um but yeah guys uh uh this week we're going to uh talk about the penultimate and and, and finale of falcon and winter soldier and we're going to talk about the last two episodes of invincible uh next week because we don't have falcon and winter soldier to come back to because it was only six episodes we are going to just talk about the finale of of invincible and just shoot the shit so i'm saying this now at the top of the show if you have a topic or something you want us to discuss or maybe a game that you think we would enjoy that i can you know we can make up on the spot let us know leave a comment under the video on the youtube or uh wherever you're listening to this leave a comment or go to our socials and leave a comment i'll hit this up at the end of the episode as well but um yeah we want to hear from you see we'll see if there's something you want us to kind of uh touch upon or something to that effect so uh, other than that, uh, why don't we go ahead and dive right into Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, the last two episodes, the penultimate episode, which we'll kind of touch upon first, um, it was, uh, it was a lot about like coming to terms with who Sam and Bucky are and what they represent. Uh, the opening bit with the fight with uh, John was outstanding. Chore- choreographed fucking flawlessly, in my opinion. 
Um, what did you guys think of that fight? Oh, that was it, was, it was very good, and it was very reminiscent of the fight between um, <clears throat> with uh, Cap and Bucky against Tony in Civil War. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of that. Uh, uh, little uh, little Easter egg on that, Maya. Um, the uh, composer for um, Winter Soldier and Civil War worked on this show. And you can hear a lot of, uh, like he brought back a lot of the same sounds and tied it into the new score. Nice. So, dur- so during that fight, you can hear a lot of the Civil War score from that fight. So oh, that's that pretty fun. awesome. Yeah, it's pretty fucking neat. But no, um, I, I enjoyed it, you know, and it was it was nice to see them. Uh, when Walker's like, "You guys don't want to do this," and Bucky was like, "Yeah, we do." <laughs> the fucking the 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 ending bit of them breaking John's arm and getting the shield was, was awesome. But like right before that, when uh, they like, I don't remember how they did it, but they basically like spun Jock or John Walker in like a half circle. Cause they hit him in the back with the shield hell hard. Yeah. Fuck. That was cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fucking get him. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, one of the things that is so important to remember about John Walker, and this will tie into the final episode too, or was it? No, it was this episode. It was the same. It was episode five. Um, John Walker doesn't just represent a, a, a portion of America. What he represents is white privilege. Um, so at a certain point in the episode, he gets to walk out of a courtroom. He is being, he's, I don't know if he was being court martialed per se, but he was definitely getting no, the title stripped from him. No, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a court martial. It was a formal inquiry slash hearing. Um, pardon me. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I thought it was. I, I assumed that it was, uh, yeah, they, they even said you're, you're lucky that you're not being, that this isn't a court martial. Uh, that's and that's exactly what I think is important about that scene is is you know later when when Sam is talking to Isaiah Bradley about everything that happened that's the difference in not just our military but our world between you know uh, uh, the, the race relations in this country um, and I'm glad the show touched upon that I'm really irritated that tons of people didn't pick up on it but uh I immediately saw that and was like, we already knew that Isaiah Bradley, because he told Sam, like, I spent 30 years in prison. And I was kind of like, I know they're not going to make Isaiah out to be like some kind of weird bad guy. So I don't know. It was just, I I just, I I really appreciate them touching on it. I really appreciate them making it out in the open. Like, this isn't just us. He was rightfully jaded. Yeah. Oh, 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 Isaiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying John was rightfully jaded. I was like, huh? No, no, no. Isaiah was rightfully jaded. I yeah. mean, you know, it. I. 
I'm the kind of person who's very optimistic and it just hurts my heart when I see people who are, you know, so jaded that they have no hope left in the rest of the world. You know, and, and that was a very depressing scene for me. Oh, it, it was, I, I think it was a hundred percent meant to be depressing. Like, especially if you have some kind of empathy in your heart and you hear Isaiah's story and you don't immediately get emotional or you just kind of like, Oh my God, here we go with the race baiting again. Then if I mean unless unless you're doing that stuff, you're you're not, you know, paying attention, you don't care. Like that's something I've noticed about people, especially in America, is that there's just this really strong lack of empathy when it comes to other people's plights. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that I've read online of like how people feel about that episode and the finale, which I'll get into a little bit later because some of those reviews are insane, but um uh it just shows to me that people don't, they genuinely don't care about others and they never will care about others. They, they, they have to make everything about themselves and it's a, it's a problem, but um, something that Marvel's always done, we've, we've kind of touched upon this in the past is when we talked about like uh, earlier episodes of, of this show was that Marvel has never shied away, never shied away from doing this sort of thing or, or trying to uh, bring about conversation when it comes to social issues. Um, I mean, ultimately what the fuck do you think the X-Men are? Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, you know, this comic, the comic that this is biting off of what right, what red, white and truth came out in 2002, 2003, three, sorry. Close enough. Um, <laughs> but it's not—it's not like a new comic. It's not like the, the fucking thing is—is is literally eighteen fucking years old. It could vote if it wanted to. Um, so it's—it's. It's, this is obviously something that's been happening in the country for a long time. To sit, to sit there and ignore it, and be like, "Oh, they're just—they're just trying to." It's just fucking mind blowing to me. But anyway, off topic. The I had a really hard laugh when I saw uh, Val- Valerie Fontaine. Val- Is it Valerie? Yeah, Valerie. Yeah, Valerie Fontaine. Um, what a what a weird character to just bring into the fucking MCU. I was I you could have I could have spent all fucking day talking about who they who the secret um, cameo was, and I would have never thought her. Not yeah, it was shocking to us too. We were like, "What?" <laughs> uh, for for those that aren't aware, she was initially a member of Shield and a love interest for Nick Fury, but she later defected and becomes Madame Hydra. Uh, to so. be fair, she was Madame Hydra for like a year in the comics, and that was it. Wow. Uh, yeah, she was. It wasn't a very long-lived thing, but she was also kind of a weird character to begin with. Yeah, because her character was designed to look like. I mean, if you go look at pictures of her from her first in- incarnation, she's very fucking clearly a a uh, James Bond type. Yeah, woman, very Bond girl. Woman. Very Bond girl. Interesting. Like, like very like, I like what they're doing with her in the show because it's. I don't know why I'm pointing at my phone doing that, but. Um, because what they could do is tie her into being, you know, uh, associated with Nick Fury in some way, or uh, for fuck's sake, all for all we know, she could be a fucking scroll. Any of these characters could be a scroll, really. I mean, if we're getting down to brass tacks, but um, 
uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I just started fucking laughing. I just started laughing because I was like, I was like, first off, to have uh, Louis, uh, uh, Julia Louis, Julia Louis Dreyfus play her is fucking funny as hell to me. Maybe because it may, it invokes like an image in my mind of her in in the same kind of costume that I'd known her to be in before or the character to be in in the past, uh, which is just kind of funny to me. But um, again, just such a fucking like super niche character to bring in, super niche. Like I, I completely forgot about her being Madame Hydra. Like it wasn't until Maya was like Madame Hydra. I'm like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? Because I completely fucking forgot about it. I had no idea. <laughs> so, but uh, I do uh, one thing that I thought was a really, really good scene. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. Uh, going back to that hearing with John Walker and the panel, okay, and when they strip him of the title and he says i did everything i was supposed to do i lived uh, i did everything my entire career by your mandates i've lived my entire life by your mandates you can't do this to me you know when i was doing what i was ordered to do I, that was a pretty powerful scene uh really Absolutely. well executed on wyatt russell's behalf uh and it gave you empathy for walker you know yeah. Uh, uh, you know, not that you didn't already have some when, you know, he sees his best friend get killed in front of him at the end of the fourth episode. But, you know, he's not a bad guy. He's a good guy that's had to make bad choices and made bad decisions. But he's not a bad guy. You see that coming through. You know, he's struggling to understand. You know, he's frustrated and it makes sense. But yeah, I really. Well, this is exactly what you know. This is exactly what Zemo was getting at when he was talking about who deserves the super soldier serum. Um, you know, he to him the only the only person to ever have it that was good was Captain America. Um, and you know, he 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 kind of explains that. Uh, I think it was episode four, but um, might have been five. Uh, but anyway, or not anyway. He he basically explains that. Uh, if you seek out the super soldier serum, you don't deserve the super soldier serum. Mm -hmm. It's people that are reluctant on it because th that's why Steve was the perfect candidate. According to the doctor that gave it to him, because Steve, Steve didn't care that he was small. He didn't care that he, uh, that he couldn't fight. He wanted to fight. He just, he didn't care how, and that's why he deserved it. And Bucky on the other hand, he, it was it was given to him without his acknowledgement or consent, which is one of the reasons he doesn't want the shield. He doesn't think he deserves the shield because of that reason alone, that the super soldier serum was used to kill people, and now he's trying to make amends. And I, it's it's brilliant how they wrote that in a, in a subtext format, but that's why like, that's what I love about the character of Walker is that he's. He's exactly that what Maya said. He he's he's not a bad guy. He's just it's it's that example of like power who people who seek power usually don't deserve it. 
And what I'm hoping to see in the future is Walker team up with other people who are very similar to him in regards of, I thought I was doing the right thing, but it took, like, I, I want to see a, a dark Avengers or a Thunderbolts type of team with Walker in there and Zemo in there and whatnot. Like, that's what I want to see. It really seems like they're slowly building towards that. Right. With, with Val Fontaine as the leader or their, their Nick Fury. Yeah. Their director, what have you. Um, I have to say when it comes to, um, you know, who they picked to be Captain America, his name just completely slipped my mind. Sam Chris Evans. Uh, oh, the actor. Oh, wait. The, the, the original Captain America or the current one? The current one. Okay. Um, Anthony Mackie. Or are you talking about the character's name, Sam? I'm talking about the one that, you know, they the government decided. Oh, John Walker. Oh. Yeah, John Walker. Thank you. Um, when yeah. the very opening scene in the first episode, he was very hesitant. You know, I... I I think that he had every intentions on being a good person, you know, um, but the stress of it all. And again, going back to being in all those wars, getting all those medals, having all that stress, not being addressed, it became too much, you know, and it shows how quickly someone who feels like they're in, you know, they're doing the right thing. They're being a good person. How quickly they can fall, you know, because life's not easy, man, especially when you're doing the job of a fucking superhero, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he even, he even said when he first got the shield, he's like, these aren't, these are huge shoes to fill. And I, you know, I'm not a super soldier, but I'm going to do everything I can. And it's going to be that much harder for me to try to live up to the name. And I just want to do the name justice. He, he, he said something along those lines when he first was granted the, the title. Um, and I think the pressure of that combined with his traumas, because he said, uh, you know, when, when Lamar said to him, look at them, you know, you've got, these medals for bravery or what exactly I can't remember off the top of my head, what the medals were. But he's like, yeah, I've got three reminders that uh, three permanent reminders of the worst day of my life. Uh, yeah. You know, so he's definitely dealing with trauma uh, and hasn't had time to deal with that trauma, I guess. Uh, just all those factors compounded. I mean, he's a very well-written, complex character. He was a, a very, very enjoyable for me in that regard. Mm-hmm. No, when I mean, he takes I mean, the role, he does it well. Yeah, I was like, I was like, Wyatt, Wyatt Russell, like, thank you for you know bringing this character to life because a lot of people have pointed out a lot of things about his character and one of the things like I brought up earlier was the white privilege aspect but when you take a like when you when you take that into context you have to take everything else into context and you know yes the 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 point of him being able to walk out of that fucking room where you know Isaiah Bradley wasn't that's that's a huge aspect but the other aspect is like this is a commentary on how our government treats our fucking soldiers this is a commentary on how our government treats the rest of the world. 
and and how they have treated our uh, not only our soldiers but but and I have to say as a military brat I grew up in the military it's a strange world I mean there is such a sense of camaraderie within the community but how the upper echelon treat the average soldier and their families is somewhat crazy. It's like, how can you, you know, call for this unity, but you're not treating people who need it the most, like the soldiers who come back from the Gulf War or Afghanistan or any other war. These people need help before you put them back in their regular jobs. Give these people help. Give them time off, time to readjust. Because, yeah. it, you know, they just stick them right back into it. And it's like, this person needs time, you know? They can't just go back to doing what they were doing. They need time. Yeah, that's. I think that's what's so brilliant about this show is that every single character that we interact with is dealing with their own trauma in a, in a unique way. And if you're not mm-hmm. reading that, if you're not reading that subtext on John, if you're not reading that subtext on Bucky, if you're not reading that subtext on Sam or or fucking Zemo or or Sharon Carter, like you aren't a very good fan, in my opinion. It's not even fucking subtext. It's right there. They tell you outright that that shit is there. Like it's not hidden that Bucky is going through trauma. It's not hidden that. Um, there's race stuff in the show. It none of that shit's hidden. It's right there. And it fucking yeah. blows me away that just people go like, no, that's not what they're talking about. It's just a character. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. No, man. There is so many, you know, racial implications and what happened with Isaiah and you know all of that. I mean, we know this is actual fact from history. You know, how they yeah. treated, you know, like the Tuskegee Airmen and the syphilis experiments. Fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Don't ignore it. It's like I heard a guy the other day saying, telling a gr- black girl, I don't see your race. I don't see your color. Bullshit you do. Go ahead. Acknowledge it. There's nothing wrong uh, with that. But you fucking stalking her ass because that. of it. You know, oh, shame on you because you were stalking her because she's black. And then you turn around and say, I don't see your color. Bullshit. When Bullshit. I was uh, when I was in my early 20s, uh, uh, I used to say that I used to say that I don't see color either. And then and then I had a friend, black friend, be like, so here's the thing about you saying that that's your white privilege. You yep. are allowed to say that because you're white and you can sit there and ignore what's actually happening. And then mm-hmm. basically had this long conversation about why it's wrong. And I was just like, got it. Never fucking saying that again and correcting yeah, other people when they do say it. That's learning. You know, that is learning. Uh, right. I've known a lot of people like that. And especially here in Appalachia, we deal with people like that, as I'm sure Mike can attest. Oh, you yeah. know, they they think they're amazing behavior. people because they're like, you know, I don't see color. All lives matter. You know, it's like, no, you don't understand. You don't get it. It's like Jeff and I have talked. Do you know how often we see black people in this area? I mean, it, it's so rare. You know, I mean. Oh, so a fascinating thing, uh, Betty, that I think you'll enjoy. Um, a take that I had heard from somebody about um, the Flag Smashers is they are 
an allegory for the All Lives Matter people. Uh, think yeah. about their slogan. Think about their slogan. Think about like their their efforts. It's yeah. it's very much an allegory. Uh, I see that. You know, I mean, it's like I know one of the reasons nobody has fucked with my car yet with my big stickers is because I have security cameras all over around my house. So, you know, <laughs> nobody's going to come up because they're going to know we know who you are. You know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 always interesting to me when like we have a show like this and you have a ton of people like. When we talk about the finale, the actual last episode here, uh, there's been a few. There was there was two reviews that I had basically screen capped off of um, uh, Metacritic because I wanted to see what people actually thought about the show. And a lot of people had like their opinions, like they said they. A lot of people felt like certain characters weren't developed enough or whatever, um, or that it felt like it was too short or yada yada yada. Um, and I get that. I totally understand that. That's valid fucking criticism. Uh, but the stuff that I was like, ooh, I want to see if like anybody's just critiquing this show because of the racial stuff or whatever. And it totally fucking exists. And it's it's pretty funny. But um, uh, well, why don't we go ahead and talk about the final episode? Well, because... before we get there, we didn't even touch on the back half of this one. Like the whole, know. the whole, you know, Sam going back home. Uh, yeah. You know, and he's basically reflecting. He's got the shield now, and he's reflecting on his place, what he's going to do. Uh, you know, Bucky, he goes off, and he leads the Dora Milaje to Zemo, and they take Zemo to the raft. But then you see this great conversation and a few moments with Sam and Bucky where they're bonding yeah, uh, rebuilding the boat with the townspeople, and then they're just like playing frisbee with the shield, you know, like bouncing it off of padded trees, you know, catching it back and forth, and yeah, talking about what the shield means, the role means, what Steve meant, what their place is, you know, who they are, what they represent, what they stand for, mm -hmm. and. I just thought that was a great, great thing to see. And, you know, at the time they're doing it and it seems all effortless and everything. And then after Sam leaves or after Bucky leaves, Sam's like going into hardcore training mode with that shield to implement his fighting style. Fun, uh, uh, fun, fun little, fun little Easter egg about that scene, by the way, Maya, mm -hmm. go back and watch it. And when he's, when Sam is running down a path, the camera slowly shifts to give the left side of the screen a bunch of space. Yeah. That's awesome. I was like, that's uh, awesome. That's so clever. But Well, it's, it's, it's Sam's left side. It's technically our right side, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. On your left. Yeah. Um, but I just loved how, you know, he was pushing himself and pushing himself and, you know, it, wasn't as effortless as the frisbee tossing, so to speak, because you know he's pushing himself to his limits, what he can do, and I like how he's not altering his fighting style so much as implementing the shield to, uh, to work with his fighting style, right? And you know he's given a case. Uh, the Dora Milaje sent it by Bucky. He's given a case. They said, "Here, you need this." Because remember, in the fight with Walker, his wings were damaged, and right. he left them in Torres, 
uh, said, hey, what am I supposed to do with these? And Sam was like, keep them. Yeah, because Taurus is going to become the next Falcon because that's he, what happened yeah, in 2015. In the comics, he became the Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, At least that's, that's just that's the, stuff I wanted something. to touch on. Can I just say I loved the little flirtation going beyond with uh, Sam's sister and Bucky. Uh-huh. I just thought it was so cute. Yeah, and he was that. like, don't you, don't, don't even, don't even. Yeah, you know, like any brother, <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> I liked seeing Bucky's guard be brought down and him actually smiling and having a good time. Like him yeah. sleeping on a couch. Him sleeping on a couch was a huge piece of character development. Because and then waking remember, up and seeing the two nephews playing with the shield, and he's just smiling at them, and just you know, <laughs> well, because if you remember in the very first episode, you know, he he woke up on the floor, and the whole the whole aspect of him being on the floor, if you remember, ties to Winter Soldier when Sam is talking to Cap or Steve, and Steve mentions like it's rough coming back from war because you just you you can't sleep on a bed anymore. It just feels like a giant marshmallow that you're sinking into. So you sleep on the floor cause it's, it's what's more comfortable. And so you see Bucky, you know, after having his nightmare waking up on the floor. So to see him in that episode, waking up on a couch, I was like, damn, mm-hmm. we're getting there. We're getting there with Bucky. That's awesome. Yeah. Watching him develop through this show has been fucking fantastic because the, the shit that Bucky has had to go through and had to endure is absolutely fucking rough. And I'm so like him in episode five was so great because we got to see him fucking smile, like legitimately smile, not just like have to fucking force a smile, but like Sebastian Stan, you are an amazing actor for that. The subtlety in your, your expressions showing that throughout the entire series, like just beautiful. Well done. But, and then uh, of course this episode ended with the, the GRC, the Global Repatriation Council, being um, basically taken hostage by the Flag Smashers. And then you see at the, the end shot, you see Sam open up the case and then it cuts away and that's all you see. Which I had a lot of people going like, what does it look like? What does it look like? And I was like, I can tell you, A, we had the toiler, as as you mentioned, as you mm-hmm. called it, Josh, or my, um, You son and- of a bitch. I know, I know. <laughs> I don't know why I've been doing that lately. My brain's in like two different fucking spots and it just fucking says things wrong. Um, uh, yeah, I wonder what could have happened in the past week that fucking has your mind all this shit. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, this is crazy. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, 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 the... Uh, the toiler. The toiler, yeah. So I had a lot of people asking me like what what will sam look like how what what will his new outfit look like and i was like i can show you the toiler i can i can find that online pretty easily or i can show you what the comic look like so that way you have an idea of what the the mcu one will look like so you can be surprised by it people usually offered you know or uh, uh option for the um uh the, the comic book cover uh which is extremely similar extremely yeah. similar but uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of how episode six opens up. We go we go right into, uh, like the GRC being taken over by the Flag Smashers and Sam and Bucky kind of doing their thing to infiltrate it. Um, 
the one thing that I would have liked to see is if the outfit, like the suit itself, because obviously we got a shot of like of Sam protecting uh, a pilot with his wings from a helicopter bouncing off of it. But um, so we know the wings are obviously vibranium, but is the outfit also vibranium? That's mm. what I'd like to know. But good question. <clears throat> this show doesn't really fucking show that, so I don't know. We'll see. There's supposed well, to be a right. second season, right? Oh, there absolutely should. They're either that. Well, uh, Captain America four was announced shortly yeah. after the episode aired. Yeah. So we're getting a movie with Sam and Bucky before we get another show. Sweet. Yeah, we may not get another season of it. It may be a one and done, like One Division. Because Kevin Feige uh, has said, right now, the stories that we're telling are basically stepping stones from to get from movie this to movie that, and they're the stories that need to be told in, uh, in between to connect the two. Mm-hmm. He said, but future stories of future shows of people who haven't been in the MCU before, like the upcoming She-Hulk TV show his it's being designed for multiple seasons because they're not sure how they're going to implement her into the movie universe yet. Right. So most likely Falcon and winter soldier is one season and done most likely. Yeah. Like if we get a season two, it won't even be considered a season two. It'll be probably like, Captain America and Bucky. Yeah. You know, because they be won't like, call him Winter Soldier anymore, I'm sure. Or or White Wolf or something like that. But there will be a continuation, so that's good. Oh yeah, never never yeah, like every single show that we're getting, you will see the characters again at some point. Unless they straight up die. Unless they're just I hope dead. to see Agatha again. Well, she's not dead, so very likely. I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> Uh, the actress, I uh, can't remember her name suddenly. She, uh, Catherine Hahn. The Catherine Hahn. She expressed interest in playing her again. She was like, Yeah, if they call me, I'll fucking play her again. Hell yeah. Um, but uh, it took me a while to remember who the hell Bartok was, by the way. Like when we Bat saw him at the end of episode. Batrock. Batrock. Is it Batrock? I thought it was Bartok. No, it's Batrock. Um, Batrock the Leaper. Huh. I'll be. Um, What's funny is you made me think of a restaurant in Reston, Virginia called Bar Taco. (laughs) Bar Taco. Uh, But yeah, I do remember who the character was because he's um, uh, he's from he was first introduced in in Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah, so it wasn't a character that I was immediately like, like, oh, I know who that is right away. Like, I was just kind of like, I don't remember who that is. So at the end of episode five, I had to like look up his character. I was like, oh, okay, now I remember. Well, you remember he was in the first episode this season. And I said it was awesome that they brought him back. And I didn't pick up that it was him at all. I thought it was just some random fucking terrorist that was trying to kidnap, um, uh, or not kidnap, but kill like a plane of U.S. soldiers. I did not pick up that it was Batrock. So that's on me, but. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I even told I you, even... was it Civil War or Winter Soldier that he was brought in in? <laughs> yeah, well, 
I, when I say episode five, like I had a forgotten what that guy looked like in episode one and oh. B forgot our conversation. So my brain, I just didn't, I did not make the connection, but gotcha. Gotcha. Um, uh, uh, you know, and I love George St. Pierre. He's one of my favorite fighters in the UFC. So, you know, his, his martial arts background, you know, really added to the believability of the character itself. Well, I and, think that also added into the fight choreography for when Sam goes against him in the yeah. conference room. Yeah. And the fact that Batrock the Leaper's first name, uh, George, is spelled just like George St. Pierre because they're both French. Yeah. <laughs> Which St. Pierre's French Canadian. Has that S on the end? Yeah. Makes my brain want to spell it George's, but I'm like, that's not. Well, it's how it's spelled, but not how it's pronounced. Right. Um, so uh, this episode also brought a little bit more information about uh, Sharon Carter. Uh, she shows up right at the beginning of this episode wearing the same sheath that uh, Black Widow wore in, in uh, Winter Soldier. Um, so my question, the reason I'm bringing this up is obviously later in the episode, slight spoiler alert, I guess, I assume we're talking about the fucking finale anyway. Um, it's revealed that like Batrock calls her the, the power broker. Mm-hmm. So is she actually the power broker or is she, uh, is she doing things intentionally to, to seem like she's in control, but not, or like, did she kill the power broker and then now wears a sheath over her face like that to pretend that she's him? Like there's so many questions there that I have. <laughs> I think she just straight up is. I don't think there's any subterfuge here. I think she straight up is the power broker that she is upset at the way she was treated by the government that she had committed her life to and, you know, became disenfranchised and upset in the past five years. You know, she's completely changed who she was and what she stood for. I really think she straight up is the power broker. Well, that's, I mean, obviously she is now because we get that finale. We get that end credit scene. Um, my question though is like, how did she get to that point? Is she, but is she for certain aspects, like using that, that disguise technology, uh, to keep her, keep it completely hidden that, you know, that Sharon Carter is the power broker and people don't know that. That's my question is like, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I guess I should say like, was she always the power broker? That's what I should be saying, but. Um, there's just a lot of unknowns there that I really want to know. And I, I really want them to explore her a little bit more, but obviously we're not going to get that right now. So, but we know that she's coming back because we got that finale scene or the yeah. after credit scene. So, and and now that she has the full might of the fucking government behind her, like, Oh boy, this is going to be interesting. Um, but, uh, the action sequences in this episode with, Bucky fighting the flag smashers and you know like um uh, uh Walker showing up with his like broken makeshift shield. Mhm. God, I love I love the shot of them punching the shield and it getting fucking dented super hard and it just falling to the ground and you can see the the 
the welding marks on it and you can see like how it, when it was punched it dented and it kind of snapped a little bit where the welding mark was i was like god that's such a good representation of who john walker is like that shield represents who he is i, I really like the fact too that he took his medals that he got and welded them and implemented them into the inside of the shield so yeah. he can look at them and be reminded of why he's fighting. It was yeah. very cosplay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I just didn't want to be the only one thinking that. <laughs> no, that's I, like, I think because when he was doing it, I told Jeff, I was like, oh look, he's cosplaying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I think that's also what's really funny is that like he just straight showed up in the Captain America gear that he had. He didn't even try to change anything other than the shield. But um, it was so it was so funny to watch him come back because all he wanted was revenge. He just wanted revenge against the Flag Smashers. Uh, he didn't he didn't care how. Like there is a little bit of redemption there for him when like he decides. Ow! Uh, he decides to go after the the. Um, the truck full of people instead of chasing after Carly mm -hmm. fails. Yeah, at he, it, but. Well, he didn't completely fail. I mean, he did slow it enough to where fair, you know, if, if it hadn't have been for him, they would have flat out died, but That's he was right. able to stop, pull it back until, you know, shit happened and it gave way, but that allowed for, you know the result of what happened, um, but well, yeah, I don't, yeah he, I don't think he looked at it like that either. I think he looked at it that he failed to save them, and that if it weren't for the new Captain America, um, it wouldn't have happened. And I think also Bucky kind of experienced that when he looks up and he smiles at at Sam saving them with using the using two Red Wings in his own yeah. jetpack. But. Um, yeah, like uh, uh, them chasing that them down and and oh the shot there's a shot uh, uh, that keeps coming to mind. It's when um, Falcon lands with Carly in his arms because Carly dies. Um, for our audience, I'm talking about that like scene. It's a big old whatever, but uh, personally, I thought the way that she died was kind of a little lame. I was like, oh okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, but when he shows up on the street in front of the in front of everybody, holding her with his wings spread out, landing very very uh, uh, calmly, there's a there's some old art that I can't find it, but it's it's of the same idea. Um, I don't know if you guys have played or seen uh, uh, Batman: Arkham City. I've got several of the Arkham games. I don't have the last one, but I've got all the others, so I don't know. Maybe I do. I don't know well, which one the last one is. I think I have City. Because I don't want to spoil it if, if you guys <clears throat> don't. I'm not going to play it, so... Um, now the game's old enough, too, to where I don't think our audience will care that much, but uh, at the end of Arkham City, Joker is dying. He employs yeah. the help of... of uh, Clayface to look like him to which Batman ends up like not killing Clayface, but getting him to the point where he's almost dead. 
and Joker, in the process of trying to find and get an antidote for the venom sickness that he has, he fails and it, it breaks on the ground. And uh, he dies. He dies in the process. But Batman like carries him out of the theater, which he was fighting him in, in that same fashion, like holding him in, in a cradle format. And there's a there's a piece of old art that it invokes of I believe that it's an angel carrying a bad guy of some kind or somebody that wasn't a good person to represent this idea of like people who do bad things might not have had bad intentions is the idea and um, or something to that effect I don't fucking remember but that's what that's that, the the sight of him of of Sam coming down with her invoked that same memory invoked that same piece of art. All I can think of is Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of the angel. <laughs> now I'm thinking of homeless shelters for animals, stray animals. <laughs> Animal shelters, not homeless shelters. Uh, but uh, of course, now I'm thinking of you know the shelters that they put all these people in the GRC to round them up and move them out. And now we're back on the episode. yeah, which the the the. Yeah, I was lots. I already, I already came back to it. So, nah, whatever. Uh, whatever, Maya, fucking being all high and mighty. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, the speech that Sam gave right after that. Oh, uh, that was great. It's beautiful. It's perfect. It's fucking perfect. Uh, there was um. What I think I enjoyed the most about that was that his his speech, it wasn't just about how the world will view him as Captain America. By the way, subtle subtle small thing in the episode that I thought was really clever. When um, in the very beginning of the episode, all the way up before Sam says, I'm Captain America, the subtitles, whenever Sam talks, say Sam. And then, you know, colon and then whatever he says, right? Every, at every point after that, it says Captain America colon, and then says what Sam says. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that's fucking awesome. Uh, fucking subtle references in the show. Not references, but subtle things in the show are so just... But, uh, yeah, after Sam gives that speech, um, he walks over to Bucky, and he says, like, uh, I don't remember what he says exactly, or, or like, did you hear that, or, or what did you think, or something to that effect. And, and Buggy just goes, I'm sorry, I was texting somebody, I didn't hear what happened. <laughs> yeah. But um, them kind of chuckling, and then uh, Bucky looking at him and smiling and says, good job, Cap. And then patting the fucking shield, was like, Yes. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that too, though. When bystanders here, you know, they're seeing what's happening, and that one old man says, "Oh, look, it's the Black Falcon." And the other guys next to him says, "No, that's Captain America." It's yeah, like, buddy. fuck yeah. You know what's really fun? That that little that part, that little spot was really, really, really fucking cheesy. <laughs> oh no, I get it. I mean, it's it's cheesy, you know, like the first Spider-Man movie when he's on the bridge and the yeah. government's getting ready to take him out and the people are like, uh-uh, he's one of us, you know, you're messing with all of us now. Right. You know. It was a good kind of cheesy. It was, it was, I don't, I also don't think I don't cheesy consider, was a bad thing. Well, I don't really consider it cheesy. It's more of a, 
lighthearted moment, we'll say. Well, it's it's cheesy because it it didn't necessarily need to be said, and it could have been written a little bit different to not have it like so fucking blatant. Um, like that's Black Falcon right there. No, that's Captain America. That's 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 really corny. It's really corny. Oh, I agree. It doesn't bother me, but I do recognize it as being corny. Uh, I still it was like it wasn't it wasn't like overbearing. It wasn't like there was so many fucking corny scenes throughout the episode to be a problem either. So, um, I enjoyed it. Is what I was getting at. But yeah, I do recognize the 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 writing being a little little little, little cheese factor. Um. Trying to think of what else happened in that scene. I don't think there was much. They go and talk to Sharon, and Sharon's like, "All right, well, sorry, sorry about her. Bye." Uh, oh, I. So, I teared the fuck up at this. I don't know if you two did, but when Sam goes and talks to Isaiah and then takes him to the exhibit. Yeah, that was a very touching moment. Holy shit. And you know, the photograph they used was, you know, I think it was an actual real World War II photograph that they used in that of the soldiers that was behind the statue honoring him. Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't know that. That's fantastic. But I, I, I really like the fact that he's like, now nobody will ever, now everybody knows who you are. You're not going to be erased or what have you. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll, everybody will know what they did to you. All right, guys. Why don't we go ahead and uh, we're going this this conversation is getting along in the tooth. So why don't we go ahead and uh, give our final thoughts and a grade? Uh, Betty, why don't you go ahead and go first? Um, I definitely, you know, as an overall, I'll give it an A. Um, I think the last two episodes were definitely um, A plus. Um. I'm excited to know that, you know, it, the story will continue and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, it, it started off a little slow for me, but overall, I think at the very end, it, it was good. And I'm looking forward to more. What about you, Maya? Uh, well, I really love the fact that we actually got to see uh, Carter granted the title of U.S. agent, and he shows up in his black, red, and white suit, which is essentially the exact suit he had under Captain America, except where it was blue. It's black now. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed seeing that. Uh, that was a nice touch. But uh, as for the series overall, I just think it just continued to improve and get better each week. I uh, really, really enjoyed it very much. I have to give it an A-plus overall. Uh, what about you, Greg? Um, I think I'm going to go with A as well. I think that the first, like, episode two and three were a little slower than I would have liked. Um, episode three gave you Dancing Zemo. Yeah, but it was still a slowish episode. Like, it's still... There's there's some other parts of it that are just... That don't stand out as much as, like, the later parts, the later episodes do. Um, I think it 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 definitely started at like what felt like it was going to be um, not a sprint, but definitely like faster pace than it ended up being. And then it went into a sprint 
And I think for that reason, it's it's just a slight knock on it, but not not enough for it to not be an amazing fucking show. Um, like when I give like when I give a show an A, that's good. <laughs> like it's not perfect, so it's not getting an A plus. That's kind of my my attitude. Um, I think that uh, okay. it's well, maybe entire I shouldn't spread. say it's a perfect show. Well, from from my metric, when I do A plus, that means I couldn't find any fault. But I can't. I I do find fault in the show at certain things. Like, okay, I don't I think it was saying. totally fucking necessary for Disney to force the um the entire uh what do you call it um they had a uh, there was a virus that was in the show that was hurting Carly's people. And nobody gave a shit. It was oh, a whole, yeah. Yeah, it was a whole part of the show that they had to completely scrap. This show was originally like eight episodes, but they had to completely scrap that entire aspect because they didn't want people feeling bad during the pandemic. Yeah. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that that's necessary. I don't think that's necessary. Um, so that's, that's, I mean, that's my, my opinion on it, and I think that like episode three definitely suffered from that quite a bit because they had to cut out and and add a quite a bit. There was a lot of like, ha- like it. I could tell, I could hear it, but I know that you guys said you couldn't. But it was the um the cutting of audio and like over uh, dubbing over certain shots. So that's where I think the show faults. I think that it it could have benefited from longer episodes, more um uh not longer episodes, but long a longer seasoned show. But I do also feel like the last two episodes would have happened the way that they did with or without that stuff. So I think that's where the show shines its strongest is in the last two episodes. So, um, and, and because of like the last two episodes, because of the, the banter between Bucky and Sam and their growth throughout the show, like that's why it's damn near perfect. Plus, the social commentary is just fucking top notch. So, couldn't 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 enjoy that stuff more. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think you know, show is fucking like if you're not watching what Marvel's doing right now, I don't know what to tell you. But before we move on, I did want to bring up. I did want to uh, read the two reviews that I have on my phone that I think are very funny when in relation to the finale. Uh, so here's the first one. This guy gave it a one out of 10. What started as a show that only lightly touched on, on the race angle and politics decided to triple jump the shark in its very last episode by hammering the fact that this black guy is Captain America, a black Captain America, everyone. And then proceeded to have him call the violent unhinged, unhinged. Okay. Well, let me try to read it again and then proceed to have him call the violent, unhinged, far-left, open-border, Antifa-type terrorist a misguided teenager. This show constantly writing the line between humanizing the villain and straight-up apology for terrorism before going into a long Marxist speech. Oh, <laughs> <Captain> America... my <laughs> fucking God. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's hilarious. Captain America delivering a Marxist and open-border speech. Let that sink in for a bit. And, of course, they had to insist about how many racists there there is that will hate him for being black um, in a country that fucking elected twice a black president because that was the whole point of the show to tell you how racist USA is and how Marxism and open borders are good. 
That was that guy's I, I honestly, I honestly think I know that guy. <laughs> so here's the uh, other one. I'm not kidding. What what was the username? What was the username? Uh, Hell Nico. Hell dash Nico. Okay, I don't, but still. <laughs> I thought you were being facetious in the idea of like, I know people like him. Uh, dude, I, I know somebody that I'm no longer friends with said almost those exact same words about a lot of things. Oh, I don't I genuinely don't doubt it. So um, I couldn't so this one with that shit anymore. <laughs> this, this kind of stuff is really funny to me. But um, So here's the other one. Basically, the show had lots of potential before its conception. I imagine many ways to write an excellent Falcon and Winter Soldier script. This is not it. What this is about. White people are bad. America is bad. Black people are perpetual victims. Oppressed saints. Women are strong. Ah, yeah. Um, (laughs) After half of the population was brought back, we suddenly need communism. (laughs) I like to think... I'd like to thank the Chinese Communist Party for sponsoring this show in order to put a wedge between American and American. Great job, guys. I honestly bow to your brilliance. Hey, if the U.S. population is dumb enough to let you toy with their collective psyche and group cohesion, then they might very well deserve to be torn apart by you. He gave that a zero out of ten. Fuck me, dude. I I love... I love going to Metacritic and reading user reviews when they're angry about a show that I think is good. So fucking funny. And those two specifically made me laugh. It's like, oh, it's Marxist now, huh? Nice. Somebody doesn't know what Marxism is. So, no, they oh. don't. <laughs> I just wanted to share that with you too because it fucking made me laugh. So hope you got a chuckle out of it. I mean, not um, anyway. so much a chuckle as like, God damn it, I know people like that. <laughs> and I'm yeah. ashamed I'm ashamed that I do. Well, I think on a large scale, these people are Americans. And Americans in general think this way. Not every American, obviously. That's ridiculous. But um, there are a lot of Americans that genuinely think like this and it's it's very depressing to think i share a country with them like i can't i cannot imagine people being that dumb and you also have to keep in mind this isn't just america americans who think this way um a lot of people in different countries dealing with their own things uh, see it this way uh canadians deal with their entire treatment of the um uh inuit race uh, uh, there's there's a lot of stuff in Britain that has to do with open borders and whatnot. Um, Australia deals with its its uh, Aborigines, and it's all over the world. And and uh, there's one defining factor. There's one massive def- defining factor between all of it. White people. Let me emphasize that again. White people. Go and look at the history of other countries and how white people have treated people who are darker than khaki. It's fucking disgusting. And it's about goddamn time that shows that we enjoy media that we absorb fucking bring it up in the shows. Um, again, I, I, t- I've t- I talked about this when we reviewed it, but one of the biggest aspects that I really fucking appreciate about the Watchmen HBO show was bringing to light the fucking Tulsa Massacre. People didn't know about it. Genuinely. 
didn't fucking know about it. And now a ton of people do. Yeah. So, I don't know. A lot of people who watch this show didn't know about the fucking Tuskegee experiments. They had no fucking clue. How do you not know? Well, a lot of people don't look at history. So, but that's the thing. That's the point I'm getting at about these these forms of media that that do this is that it it's in, it's educational in a sense. So when people like that on Metacritic write those kinds of reviews, keep in mind that if you're brilliant enough to pick up on this stuff and do the research and understand how as as a society today we can rectify that and make things better, you're in the right step of history. They're not. So. That's why I laugh at them. That's why I find them funny because we need to, in a sense, you know, let them know that it's not accepted. So anyway, why don't we go ahead and move on to Invincible, episodes six and seven. Uh, last we saw uh, uh, Mark, he had got his shit kicked in by by the Battle Beast, I think his name was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So episode six starts off with uh, basically his recovery. Basically his recovery. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember everything that happened in episode six because that was the biggest problem I had with episode six is it didn't really, it, it, it didn't really advance anything. Like, I remember thinking, like, the stuff with Robot, it didn't explain shit. The stuff with Adam Eve, like, she left home. Like, it, 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 it I remember everything that happened in Episode 7. Because that shit mattered. But it felt like not, not a whole lot of it mattered in Episode 6. Well, I mean, Episode 6 was pretty big in regards of, you see, um... Well, you know, I thought it was I thought it was bigger than you know, you I disagree with your take, is what I'm trying to say. It was weird. But I can I can I can see how you feel that way though. It just yeah, I mean it it felt like it was just it was just more set up for things that were already set up, is what it felt like. Um like I said, like what what happened with Robot? He went and talked to the twins again, and that was it. Mm-hmm. About his, about Mahler, his clone, the Mahler twins. Yeah, we didn't learn anything about why he was doing it, or what was his purpose, or or anything. We didn't learn anything. We just knew that he was still doing it. Um, everything with with uh, uh, Omni Man and his wife, and learning that stuff, like it just kind of furthered that a little bit. Like, yeah, she confronted him, and and the guy who makes the clothes knows, but. Like, where did it go? Like, he punched a wall. That was it. That was the end of the episode. Episode 7 brought it to a head, which I was like, that's what I wanted to see. So that's that's kind of what I mean by it just didn't move things as much as the other episodes moved plots. Well, I think after coming off of the episode before that, you needed kind of a come down episode. Sure. I'm not saying it was a bad episode. It was a great no, episode. No, no. It was just... It just didn't, it didn't, like, everything that I thought was going to happen, all the theories of where the show could go and 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 stuff like that, like, it, it didn't change one bit after episode six. Nothing had adjusted. 
nothing had had really changed. It just was like it was building. It was building more. I just kind well, of felt it was them taking care of all the little things. Sure. Sure. Which like it was, you know. Go ahead. Not bad. Not bad, just not super fucking memorable. Like when I think back to the show, episode six isn't what my mind's going to go to immediately. It's going to go to the, the other stuff is all I'm getting at. Every episode felt like it had something that I was like, oh, that shit was dope. But six didn't really do that. So that's all. No, it was a filler. Yeah. 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 That's all. It was, it was that's that's what I mean by like it, it just didn't have a whole lot to discuss per se. Personally. I see that. But um, because I remember talking this like, uh, you know, we're all watching the the guys that I play with on video games every Wednesday night. Um, my friends like we'll talk about the show every week, and I remember us talking about episode six, and we were just like, yeah, nothing really substantial happened, and we just we talked about it for like maybe five minutes, and that was it, because it just nothing came about from it that was like, oh, what about this and what about that? Like it just it just was kind of like, uh, move forward, move forward a little bit. Like I guess I guess the best analogy I can come up with Maya for to make this make sense is that every episode moved a hundred yards, whereas episode six moved twenty yards. Still so, first down. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not <laughs> disagreeing with you. But that's more so what I mean. Like I'm gonna remember the hundred yards than I'm the twenty yards. That's all. That, that's the best. Like that analogy came to me way later than it needed to, but. But, but understandable. Uh, yeah. So, and I'm saying that in regards to like, unless there's something specifically in episode six that you that you two want to address or talk about, I say that we can just move on to, uh, to episode seven. That's fine with me. It's fine. Okay. Um. So, there's a few different plot threads that are happening in the show, uh, but it's all coming to a head in this one. Um, I'm trying to remember how it started because I don't think it started with Omni-Man fucking obliterating a bunch of soldiers. No, it it started with, you know, his wife waking up, him standing or hovering at the back door looking out and she tells him to fucking leave. And he bolts out through the roof of the house. That's right. That's right. Which would have pissed me off. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think it no longer matters with what happens a little bit later in the episode. Uh, True. <laughs> Still would have pissed me off, though. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah, that scene where he just fucking is destroying the, the, the cloaked soldiers fucking gruesome <laughs> absolutely gruesome yeah like the one the one he threw out and like i guess oh, that was her her torso was completely spun around her legs are like you know if she were laying on her back and her legs are bent angled knees upwards towards the sky but yet she's on her stomach trying to crawl oh yeah yeah like everybody else died quickly <laughs> Like, the guy who got the gun smashed through his head and whatnot, like, he died pretty quick. 
I'd say the dude who got fucking like basically pushed in half on the counter. Maybe yeah. he had a bad death. I feel like maybe he died quick, but no, that girl that got thrown into the street with her fucking torso twist—it was the worst. Uh, I looked at it and I was like, "Come on, walk it off." <laughs> pull your up by your pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Come on, this is, a, this <laughs> is America. Oh, sorry, oh, no, I didn't really say that. I just thought it was funny to say. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then him fucking. Uh, what was the guy's name? The the assistant to uh, Donald. Donald, thank you. I had that. He grabs his spine from outside. <laughs> yeah, he just wraps dude. his hand around his spine, getting ready Ooh. to kill him. It's pretty bad. Though I don't blame Donald for doing what he did because I would have done the same thing. I'm like, well, I don't want to live anymore, so. At but I know he, he did. had the ability to push a button. Yeah. Yeah, fucking! I was like, Jesus Christ! Like, and you no know, one... with the with the with the size of that blast when he pushed the button and blew up the house on Nolan, the two people that were in the house with him, and he's like, "Run!" You know, they didn't survive that blast. Absolutely no not. No, because it, it leveled like... it leveled like a couple of blocks of the neighborhood. Yeah. Okay, so you guys, there's a comic, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've read it. No. No. Okay. Not all, not all of it. I was thinking maybe y'all had. And I, I mean, I'm just, I'm like, what the fuck? Why is he doing this? I mean, same here. I, I that's why I refuse to read the comic right now. Like, I'm going to wait until after the finale to start reading the comic and, and, and just like catch up with everything. But, um, I'm enjoying what the show is doing right now with like, why is Nolan doing this? Hundred percent with you on that, Betty. Because I'm just like that's why that's that's where my where my attention is drawn hardcore. Because we do get in this episode a lot of um, what what robot is doing, mm-hmm. and I was kind I was kind of right. <laughs> I was off a bit <laughs> with like you were you know, off a lot. I no, Don't I said it. he was building a body for himself. I said he yeah, was a that's body the for only himself. that's the only thing. Yeah, got right. why do you look like me? Uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I, like Jason Manzukis fucking playing that playing Rick a Rex explode is by far my favorite fucking aspect of the show so far. Like, well, not not favorite, but it's one of my favorite things. Like, he is doing such a fucking excellent job at playing that guy. So funny. Um, makes me want to watch Big Mouth. I need to get back into Big Mouth. I haven't still watched the latest that season yet. Uh. No, I said, I said, like he was, like yes, I had the theory that he was building a body for himself because he lost his body, which I wasn't totally fucking wrong on. But I assumed that he lost his body in an accident, mm. not that he still had his body. Yeah, he still had his body, but you also said that you think his daughter died, and he's trying to bring his daughter back to life via yeah, cloning in him. I also didn't via... say that I was one hundred percent correct. I said I was kind of right. You, you, the kind of route was he made a clone body for himself. That's the only kind of route you I, I literally said that he had <laughs> his body. I said that he that he couldn't use his body, is what I said. We'll go back and listen. I said either he died and they trans they transported his or uh, transplanted his brain, or he still has his body, but it's not working. Is what I said. Anyway. 
but I was wrong about the reasoning behind him ha- not having his body. So that's yeah. I just like giving you shit. You look like yeah. a teratoma. What is a teratoma? A cyst that has like teeth and shit. Gotcha. Yeah. Like a Quaid start the reactor. Um, That's exactly what I thought when I first saw him. I was like, it's Kuhano. (laughs) Uh, The fight that um, he then had, like, with the twins, like, the the conversation that they had with the twins going, like, like, oh, here we go, was fucking killing me. It was so funny. Yeah. If they make a couple more, they can start their own blue man group. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Can you guys hear that? Yeah, Yeah, what is that? Uh, Landscaping company decides they're fucking going to weed eat right outside of my fucking window. It's not not like blastingly loud. It just kind of sounds like um, someone's making a cappuccino in the other room is what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, apologies for that. Um, no, don't you dare fucking apologize, Maya. Uh, anywho, okay, sorry, it's all your fault. Um, I, I absolutely love that the twins, by the way, were like, like they're fighting fucking robot when he has his new body, and then he gets a call to head to the fucking uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Center by um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Did I say Guardians of the Galaxy? Guardians, Guardians of the Globe. Uh, oh, what's the guy's name? That fucking is that's Cecil. Cecil, thank you, Jesus. I was about to say like Walter Goggins. Um, yeah, Cecil's like, like fucking stay there because like something's going on with Omni Man, and they're just like, what the fuck is happening? And then he shows up in his new body, and they're. (laughs) Why do you look like me? Why the fuck do you look like kid me? Oh my god. And then Monster Girl's just like, yeah, this is not what I wanted, idiot. <laughs> so good. A little weird. It's super like it's 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 creepy. It's straight up creepy. Like first off, looking like another person is creepy. And then on top of that, doing that so he can be with Monster Girl, creepy. Um but fuck yeah, that. he should have give her, you know, some insight onto his plan to see if she felt the same way or something, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But because uh, then he could have saved himself a lot of trouble. But <laughs> you know, if if guys did that, the world would be a much better place. Oh, but they would. don't. But they don't. No. Oh, I th- honestly, the way you said that, Maya, I was thinking like if guys did what robot did but you were talking no, about what they, Betty said about talking to her actually first. yeah communicated yeah my that's not where my thought was like i was like what that doesn't make any sense and then my the logic part of my brain went no idiot <laughs> so that's that's all it was just fucking dumb thought um and one thing i really loved seeing in this episode is you know the aftermath of the return uh college trip the 
return of the weekend from Mark and William and Amber. Oh yeah, 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 that, yeah. When he, she's trying to talk him off. Uh, she's trying to, he's trying to talk to her, and she's just blowing him off completely and won't acknowledge him. And then he's like waiting in a room. He's like, "I'm invincible." She's like, "I know." Duh. You've been lying to me, you know. And and every other time in comics, you've seen this. Well, here's why I've been so flaky. I'm so and so, and it's to keep you safe. And they're like, oh, I forgive you, and everything's roses. And this was just like, so what? Fuck you. You're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, care. that's pleasant to see. Like, I still remember when, when uh, you know, Peter and Mary Jane were having their argument about Peter never having time for her, and he reveals that he's Spider-Man, and she was just like, oh, well, that makes sense. I forgive you. Well, he didn't really reveal it so much as it was revealed in front of her. Made of tomorrow. Oh, wait, which one uh, are we talking about? Comics or movies? Comics. Oh, okay. Um, I remember him telling her, but I, also they've retconned so much shit in Marvel Comics over the years, so it could be any era. But anyway, point I'm getting at is that, yes, you're absolutely correct, Maya. Every time a superhero has revealed their secret identity to a loved one, it always turns into, I'm still kind of mad at you. But I forgive you, but you know, like, or something to that fucking effect. But yeah, it's just like fucking leave, flyboy. <laughs> it's pretty use great. the door, use the window. I don't give a fuck. Just leave. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out. So it was, it was, it was pretty fucking good. Um, that's what I love about Kirkman's writing. He doesn't stick to traditional storyline comic tropes. Not at all. He, he puts his own bent on them. And it's great. You know, he's very underrated in that regard. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is he still writing? Is he still writing Invincible? No, Invincible's done. I'm pretty sure sure it ended about two years ago. I know that he, he finished the main plot of Invincible, but I thought there was a new, a new series that came out. Um, I don't know. I'll look it up. But it's not called Invincible. It's called something else, but it has all the characters from the comic. And I felt like that was not written by him. But I, whatever. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, all the stuff with, with Nolan that's happening in here. Oh, I shouldn't look that up. I just saw something that I probably shouldn't have seen. I'm not going to fucking say it because it's a spoiler. Whoops. Whoops! Sucks to be here. Sure does. Oh well, like I said, after Friday's episode, I'm going to start reading the comic because I need to know what the fuck is going on into further context. But, And I've heard from a lot of people who've read the comic that this show is very, very, very similar to the comic. That's cool. Just differently, like, differently told. So for example, in the first four issues of the comic, which I have read, when... Um, Omni-Man goes to that the alien's planet where they age quickly. It's not because he went through the teleporter himself. It's because after chasing them away with with Mark, um, he gets grabbed. Like, they're, they're kind of guard is down, and, and Nolan gets grabbed through the portal in a random-ass location. So, like, it's it's stuff like that that's slightly different, but it's still, like, the aliens look the same and still age very quickly on Earth. Hmm. So, um, 
But uh but yeah, so so uh fucking um Cecil is throwing everything but the kitchen sink at Nolan. I actually think he's even gonna throw the kitchen sink at him at this point. Oh yeah. Like whatever the fuck works. I think it was yeah. absolutely fucking hilarious, by the way, that we got the guy from the last episode, or not last episode, yeah, episode five, episode six. Jesus, goddamn Christ. That guy that uh, was building the fucking monsters from the, like the robotic monsters from the kids. Yes, yeah, Sebastian. Sebastian, yeah, they got, <laughs> they got him to show up and he couldn't talk because <laughs> his mouth was sewn shut or his <laughs> jaw was swollen or some shit. Oh, that's because he broke his jaw. That's right, because Mark broke his jaw. Yeah. That's what it was. Fucking that cracked me up. I was like, that's so fucking funny. But those things are strong as shit. You were keeping Omni Man down. Well, mm-hmm. and there were three of them. You know, Mark just went one on one with one and he struggled with it. Did he? I thought he was I thought he fought three of them in the sewer. Not at not at once, I don't think. They had him pinned down in the corner, I thought. I don't know. I have to go back and rewatch it. It was episode six. Like you said, you don't remember much. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't super memory. Yeah, that's um uh but yeah, like and then and then and then uh Cecil shows up and starts teleporting around Omni Man while he's fucking throwing everything at, at wherever Cecil is standing. And uh and then throws that fucking monster at him that I don't even remember. I don't even remember what episode they showed that monster. I just remember. I think it was uh, the first one, maybe the second one. Yeah, it was really fucking early because it was the the guy that pressed the button and nuked half a city block to try to kill Omni Man or stop him, whatever. Um, but then Cecil was like, "Oh yeah, we juiced him up with all this shit to make him fucking angrier." I was like, Jesus, <laughs> fucking so good. But uh, I'm super fucking excited for this last episode because. Like Betty has been saying, like a lot of people have been saying, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is Omni Man doing this? Like, I don't know. Any thoughts you guys have? No, because, you know, the thing is, I mean, you know, he's like a fucking serial killer. You wouldn't expect this out of him. He's like one of those people that's like, oh, yeah, he's so nice. I love him, blah, blah, blah. What the fuck are you doing? You know, I mean, it's it's mind blowing, and it's not your typical you know superhero story. So yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see where this is going to go. I want answers. Yeah, I really like the fact that the Muller twins use their technology to uh, revive Immortal. Yeah. And immortal when he get, he wakes up and remembers he's like Omni Man and goes after him. He's like you piece of shit. You know how could you do this to us? We were your friends, and then Omni Man just completely wrecks him again. Yeah, I also found it really funny, by the way, that Robot had given them schematics to control, uh, uh, you know, somebody, and it didn't work because Robot double crossed them again. Oh, like. <laughs> Fucking one of the Muller twins says, um, uh, robot, uh, robot gave us bad schematics. And I was like, you think? (laughs) Right. Fucking love those characters. Um, yeah, I do too. I do too. They're really well done. I'm, I'm really enjoying this show. Yeah. 
Yeah, but we finished we finished the episode on them killing the giant monster and killing uh um immortal again. Which did did Immortal's backstory, by the way, Maya, kind of invoke uh Vandal Savage vibes? Yes, very okay. much so. Even All his right. look. Even yeah. his look does. And I think that's intentional. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, and if Betty, you give a shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> Vandal, Vandal Savage is a villain from the DC Comics who was a caveman, or Neanderthal. And uh, he touched a, um, a, a meteorite that had powers or had... I don't remember exactly the context of what the meteor was. But when he touched it, it gave him immortal... Like, he became immortal... Um, he would gain uh, hyper intelligence over time, essentially, and super strength. I don't know if there's any other power he has, though. I don't think, but that's enough. Yeah, that yeah. is enough. Um, he's a pretty formidable fucking villain, too. I remember there's a there's a whole storyline where he um he ends up uh, uh, utilizing some other villain's power to get into Batman's cave, to where he. Uh, he gets the contingency plan to destroy or and or kill every single member of the Justice League because that's what Batman has on his computers, contingency plans in case they go rogue or go evil or whatever. That was the Tower of Babel story Tower arc. Of Babel. Grant, that was yeah, Tower of Babel story arc from Grant Morrison in the Justice League comics uh, back in the early two thousands. I want to say two thousand one, two thousand two. It was very good. Yeah, it, it was, was. A very good storyline. But yeah, Vandal Savage is the one who basically initiated that so it was- i thought that it was rajal ghoul that actually initiated that but you know i might be thinking of the animation they did for it like the movie that they made for yeah it. but regardless vandal savage is a very is a very formidable bad guy and and so like the fact that i know that uh, uh um robert kirkman was like so this character <laughs> i love that shit it's so good the little references to other superheroes throughout this entire thing is, is it very, it reminds me very much of, of, of reading the boys. Yeah. It's like, Oh, that character's this character. Yay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just, it the episode just fucking ends with like Mark seeing his dad rip fucking immortal in half and then go like, dad, what the fuck was that? And he's like, we, we have to need talk. To talk. <laughs> And then boom, credits. Ah. I was like, no. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, is that it? Is that it? Oh, it's so it's so torturous. It's like, what are we fuckers? I'm like, no. (laughs) That's why I waited to watch it until last night because I knew it was probably going to end on a cliffhanger because most of them have. I waited to watch it until last night. That way, I only have to wait two more days to see it instead of a whole week. Yeah, we waited till last night to watch it too. Which, by the way, the accidental spoiler that I saw might lead into my theory about one of, one of the things of the show, so fuck me. <sighs> anyway. Uh, well, let's give our final thoughts on it, unless you guys can think of anything else to bring up about it. No. No, we're good. We're good. All right. Yeah, uh, good. I'm going to throw the ball into Maya's court on final thoughts and a review. Uh, so the... You know, episode six, I'd give it a B plus. It wasn't as super memorable, but it was still good. It's still, you know, fun. Episode seven, I gotta give an A plus. It was fucking stellar. Um you just Omni Man's cutting loose and Cecil's doing everything he can to try to stop him. And you see 
Mark dealing with his teenage bullshit, you know, am I going to be a hero? Do I want to be a hero? I thought I did, and now I'm not so sure. But, you know, Eve being like, you know, how could you live your, how could you live with yourself if you just sat idly by and somebody got hurt knowing that you could save them? Yeah. And, you know, he got his head out of his ass and was like, she's right. Uh, I like seeing the fact that Amber was just like not okay with his big superhero secret identity reveal. She's like, I already figured this out weeks ago. You're an asshole. <laughs> um, yeah, I like seeing that as to- totally different from what you would normally see in the comments. Yeah. You know, the show's a lot of fun. And after, and you know, after this uh, next episode, I'm going to do what you did, Greg, and I'm, or what you're talking about. I'm going to go and read the comic series because I know. I have that- a link to the to the website you gave me for the other thing, so I can send it to mm-hmm. you. Oh, I don't. I I have it bookmarked. Gotcha. Well, you can send it to me. Okay, I'll see. I'll okay. send it to you. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's all kinds of wonderful stuff on there. So I'm just. I still need um, to read that fucking Ninja Turtle comic. I still haven't done that. Oh my god, Ninja Turtles is great. All right, but yeah, I give it an A plus. Episode seven is great. I'm looking forward to episode eight. And uh, what did you think, Biddy? Uh, I have to say, the show, I was honestly not that thrilled about watching it because, you know, cartoons. Um, I wasn't sure where this was going to go, but I I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, every episode was like, whoa. And, you know, it. I do like that it has taken a completely different look on superheroes and especially alien superheroes. So, you know, what they've done so far, I think is really good. And I'm looking forward to uh, episode eight. But I would say six is a B. Again, it was, you know, filling in that little bits of plot here and there. But seven was definitely an A plus, just like the others. What about you, Greg? Uh, I mirror the the same like as you guys. Uh, Episode six was a B and episode seven was an A plus. And I'm hoping for an A plus next week. Um, one of my favorite things, uh, as being a, a big fan of superheroes my entire life is I love new ideas. So taking existing comic books that exist, taking th- things that we already know and doing something unique with them is something I'm always going to enjoy, which is why I think, um, the boys is, and, 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 and invincible is so fucking clever. Uh, why something like Watchmen just speaks to me. I fucking love it. Like, yes, do I love my superheroes? Absolutely. But I also love the idea that if this shit was in a realistic setting or a more realistic setting, it wouldn't be so fucking cut and dry. It wouldn't be so clean. So I really fucking love that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm yeah. excited. I'm so fucking stoked that we get to experience something like this. Um. And I can't wait for more. I can't wait for more ideas to come out. Like, there's a new show coming to Netflix uh, that's based on uh, Mark Mil- Mark Millar's uh, comic called Jupiter's Legacy. I'm gonna check it out because I don't. I don't honestly. I've never read the comic. I have no idea what the fuck it's about. But I know it involves superheroes. But like post the superhero golden age. So then there's a ton. There's also a bunch of comics that exist that do unique things with superheroes that I need to see. One of my favorite movies 
is uh, Mystery Men. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, I love, I love that movie. Man, which um, is on Netflix again. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, watched it about a week ago because I hadn't seen it in a few years. And I was like, oh, I love this movie. <laughs> but yeah, I, I absolutely fucking love this shit. So, like... If we can keep doing this, I I'll I'll keep fucking enjoying it as long as it's written well. I imagine that there's some dissection of superheroes that are really bad, um, and there's also some stories of superheroes that I just can't like. I still haven't watched Zack Snyder's fucking Justice League, and I don't know that I ever will. <laughs> no, I have no desire. Save save the four hours. I wouldn't I mean, watch it in one four hour setting either. I'd watch it in parts, but so bad. Um. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm fucking super goddamn excited for next week, or for this Friday, I should say. I'm I'm two days away for us. It's already aired if you're listening to this. So, very very excited, very very fucking excited. Um, but yeah, guys. Uh, again, like like that's gonna do it for us today. Um, next week we'll just be you know covering the finale of Invincible and then talking about whatever we want. Just shooting the shit like like a, like an uninhibited situation, um. But uh, yeah, um, that's it for that part. Again, thank you guys for understanding the 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 lack of episode last week. Um, it's been a pretty fucking rough week for my for my family. So, uh, yeah, that's all I'll say to that. Um, guys, make sure you check out all the socials listed below. Uh, check out our merch store on on Teespring. Um. We're gonna have a, we're not we're, we're gonna have more stuff on there, more options for like um, slogans and 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 sayings and all kinds of stuff. So make sure you keep an eye on the socials, so that way when that goes up, we'll post it out there and let you guys know. Um, also, again, like I said, if there's something you want us to discuss or or conversation or or whatever for an uninhibited or just you know when we're not talking about a show, let us know. That way you can. That way we can we can talk about it and kind of maybe throw you a little throw you a little shout out on the on the episode. Uh, Speaking of shout outs, I found out that an old friend of mine from high school moved in next to me uh, in the next building over, and she's been listening to the show for over a year, and I didn't even know it, and she just oh, told Jesus. me the other day. She's like, yeah, I've been listening to your show for over a year. I was like, well, why didn't you say anything before? She was like, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I was like, first of all, thank you for listening. And, you know, um, thought it was really cool that it's allowed me to reconnect with an old friend, uh, you know, which is awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And she just lives like right next door. So that's cool. <clears throat> and her mother-in-law lives next to me as well in the same building, apparently. So that's cool. Small towns, you never know. It's crazy. Um, but, yeah, I just want to um, shout out my friend Natasha. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. I'm glad that. Hi, Natasha. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yes, thank uh, you. For everybody else, also, just to throw this out there, go follow the YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. Yeah. Subscribe, Something. follow, hit the notification bell, throw a thumb. Uh, it takes you a second to do. It really helps us out a lot, though, in the algorithm. 
You really do. And it's free. It's free to you. So there's that. Exactly. I mean, uh, if you're going to listen to us, you might as well watch us. <laughs> well, at I don't least know about two that. Thirds of us. I don't think there's anything here that's really great to look at. So, hey, uh, speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I said that's why I pointed at my face specifically. Um, I wasn't but, on camera today, but I will be in the next one. I just I've heard that before. Night. Yeah. Well, in the next one, I was on camera. Oh boy. Yeah, you are. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. Well, Maya, where, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name. Um, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram through Facebook because it's a public page, public profile, I mean. And uh, those are linked. If you want to catch me on other shows, I'm on two other podcasts on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. Every other Wednesday night at 9.30 Eastern on Figure Banging and every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Nerdlife Syndicate. And that's everywhere where you can find me. What about you, Betty? You can find me on Facebook under uh, Betty Badger Ogletree. It is also a public profile. And you can find me on Twitter under at Bright Betty. And uh, I'm on there occasionally. I make inflammatory statements, so uh, come join me. What about you, Greg? Uh, you can find me on all socials under Chub Rock Geek. Uh, you can also find me doing stuff with uh, Mission Start Podcast. Um, Anthony and I have been trying to put up some stuff on the new YouTube channel. Um, and we'll do an occasional uh, uh, quarterly podcast, which has been fun with him. Uh, but other than that, that's it. That's, that's it. That's all. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you being here. Um, uh, again, like I said, next week, finale of invincible and uh and then just a discussion so um and in case you forgot black lives matter stop asian hate protect trans youth and we'll see you next week peace love and polypops everybody take care everybody <laughs>